Portions of the day's programming are reproduced by means of electrical transcriptions or tape recordings. Time for school. Rock school. With your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. Up in my office, I have framed next to one another mm-hmm. the version of Tutti Fruity by Little Richard on uh-huh. specialty records with the Pat Boone version of Tutti Fruity on dot <laughs> record. I have them framed right next to each other. And, That's and fun. When it's real silent, I can hear them cursing at each other. Class is in. This is the Rock School Radio Show, and it is 2015. It was 2015 last show, but it's supposed to really be 2015 (laughs) for this show. Now, Monique, you are Monique Gregoire, right? Still, still. I'm Uh Joe Burns, still. This is the show we always start the year with, and it's always a twofer show. It's Mm -hmm. this show and next week's show. Okay. You said you didn't really understand what this show was or how this show worked. So may I explain it to you? Absolutely. Yes, of course I may. This is 2015. Mm -hmm. If you go back 10 years from 2015, Mm -hmm. it is 2005, right? If you keep going backwards, you keep knocking it out. Mm -hmm. If you keep going all the way back to 1955, that's 60 years ago. Okay. So in terms of history... Everything that happened in 1955 is the 60th anniversary of 2015. Yeah. Everything that happened in 1965 is the 50th anniversary. Correct. Right? Everything happened in 1975 is the 40th anniversary. So, so on. Here's what, here's what I like to do at the beginning of the year. I like to let everybody get out in front of music trivia. Mm-hmm. You're going to be watching the news. You're going to be seeing things online. You're going to be you know, hitting these sites. BuzzFeed loves this stuff. Right. Stuff that happened on this date, what <laughs> have you. So what I'd like to do is take the first two shows of each year and say, here is the anniversary. Here is the trivia of this year. Okay. Here is the history trivia of the year. So you know, if you want, we sometimes call it the cocktail party show. So you can sound super smart at the cocktail parties you go to because people still do mad men cocktail parties, don't they? I was going to ask where my drink was. Were you? Do you want to, what kind of what kind of drink would it be for a, a young pregnant woman such as <laughs> such as yourself? So, well, let's go back. It's 1955. Here are the things that people may be talking about, and if they're not talking about, you should be talking about them. Mm-hmm. On February 6th, 1955, 60th anniversary, Colonel Tom Parker sees Elvis Presley for the first time. Hmm. Colonel Tom Parker becomes Elvis's manager. He was promoting somebody named Hank Snow and Eddie Arnold. You may know Eddie Arnold. Okay. When he took on Elvis Presley. Now, remember, Colonel was an honorary title for this guy. You may not know this. Tom Parker wasn't even American. As a matter of fact, he wasn't even legal here in the United States. Really? He was an illegal immigrant from Holland, and his real name was Andres Van Junk. <laughs> it's the truth. According to Colonel Tom Parker, he made the statement, I always knew Elvis Presley had a million dollars worth of talent, 
I'm going to ensure that he then has a million dollars. And he did. I mean, he really did wonderful things for Elvis. Right. Wasn't so nice to the people around, but did wonderful things for Elvis. Mm -hmm. He sold Elvis's contract to RCA for, at that time, an unheard of amount of money. Remember, 1955. Right. He sold it to RCA for $35,000. Nobody thought a human being was worth that. Right. And so it was. So it's this date, 1955, 60 years ago, Tom Parker and Elvis come together. Would Elvis have been the king of rock and roll without Tom Parker? Hmm. My thought personally, probably not. Really? Because he needed somebody that was able to get him out there. RCA certainly would have promoted him. Mm -hmm. Sure. Would he have become Elvis? I don't know. I'm Hmm. not sure it would have been the same wonderful pieces because Tom Parker was willing to do the payola thing, was willing to do Mm -hmm. the things that were a little nefarious. And the little nefarious things helped. Right. Helped a lot. It's Elvis, Trouble and Guitar Man here on Rock School. You're looking for trouble? You came to the right place. Looking for trouble? Look right in my face. I was born. Coming out of Elvis Presley, let's talk about some other things that happened. This being the 60th anniversary, 2015. On February 27th, Billboard magazine reports for the first time that 45s are outselling 78s. So... Kids are now buying the records because the parents weren't buying the 45s. They were buying the 78s. Mm -hmm. The parents had the big giant credenza thing. Oh, yeah. My mom had one. Yeah, probably still does. The kids were buying the $12.45 player. Mm -hmm. Then they were the ones going and buying all of the, you know, the smaller records. Right. So rock and roll was coming around. May 13th, Elvis's performance in Jacksonville causes a riot when he says, I'll see all you girls backstage. (laughs) <laughs> it was also the concert where Elvis had just about every stitch of clothing he had ripped off his body. That's so, so crazy. All these things that you see, you know, rip, rip, and all of that, girls mm-hmm. screaming and all that, that's, if you want to pinpoint, that might be one of the points where it started. Right. On June 1st, 60 years ago, Patsy Cline makes her recording debut. Her contract with Four Star Records is sold in turn to DECA. Hmm. And the world knows about Patsy Cline. On July 9th, Rock Around the Clock hits the charts again, thanks to The Blackboard Jungle. Okay. Do you know the movie The Blackboard Jungle? I don't. Okay, The Blackboard Jungle was a movie that was about a delinquent high school. Mm-hmm. And it was to show this high school as being frightening and scary and nothing but terrible kids and uh-huh. evil. Today, what they do is they find the, you know, the rapper of the day and they have him write this strong song in a minor key with words (laughs) about doom and gloom and evil and such. They wanted to do the exact same thing back then. Uh So they got the music of the day that was frightening. There was a lot of jazz in the soundtrack, but a lot of people think it was also the first rock and roll soundtrack. Okay. So to frighten the audience, when the credits begin to roll, what did you hear? One, two, three o'clock, four (laughs) o'clock, rock. By today's standards, I get it. It's laughable. Exactly. Back then, it scared people, and a lot of people believe that was the first rock and roll record. Why? Because it was the first national rock and roll record, thanks to 
the Blackboard Jungle. And here's the one we're going to play. 60 years ago, September 19th, Pat Boone begins recording his African-American covers with Ain't That a Shame for Dot Records. Uh Do you know the story behind the concept of radio attempting to stop specifically the fight between ASCAP Records and BMI Records to stop African-Americans from getting played on radio? I I vaguely remember. Well, quickly, there Mm -hmm. was a concept of African-American music should not be played on the radio. So what they did was they found squeaky clean white artists to re-record the music. And Pat Boone was one of them. And Bill Haley was one, too, as much as we don't want to think about it that way. Mm -hmm. He was, you know, some of his songs were re-recordings of African-American artists. But Pat Boone was the one that most people point to. Hmm. And Pat Boone had bigger hits than the African-American artists. Why? Because radio was willing to get behind the Pat Boone version, right. but wouldn't get behind the African-American artists. And look at the time period. It's, it's insipid. It's horrible. Uh-huh. But it's part of the history. Here is Pat Boone. Ain't that a shame? You want to hear what it sounds like? It's so good. Fun <laughs> rock school. You made me cry when you said Goodbye, ain't Coming out of that phenomenal version of Ain't That a Shame by Pat Boone. Just not as good. Mm-hmm. Just flat out not as good. Up in my office, I have framed next to one another mm-hmm. the version of Tutti Fruity by Little Richard on uh-huh. specialty records with the Pat Boone version of Tutti Frutti on Dot <laughs> Rec. I have them framed right next to each other. And, That's and fun. When it's real silent, I can hear them cursing at each other. It's, <laughs> it's so nice. Staying in 1955, this will be our last thing that we do. It's, okay. it's 1955. Rock is just getting started, right. so there's not a lot to talk about. November 12th, Billboard introduces the Top 100 chart. Oh. That's the one we all concern ourselves with. <laughs> the Four Aces... Love is a Many Splendored Thing is the first number one for the week that ended November 2nd. All of a sudden, I'm Casey Kasem. (laughs) And this is the one we'll play. There's kind of been a James Brown resurgence. Have you noticed that? Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. The the movie came out that was, um, I guess, was produced by uh, Mick Jagger. Okay. There was also a wonderful documentary about James Brown. I wish the name of it would come to my head. They just showed it on HBO. It was an hour and a half, which was nothing but stock footage of James Brown. Oh, that's cool. Oh, it was so good. The movie was good. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed the movie. But the documentary was just fantastic, and I'm going to try and find the name of it uh, while the song is playing. But on November 1st, the Famous Flames, with James Brown as lead singer, record Please, Please, Please at a radio station, WIBB, featured Bobby Bird, Sylvester Keels, and Nate Floyd Scott. It would lead to a major label record contract. Very cool. What does a record sound like that's recorded at a radio station like this on Rock School? Please, 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 please. Oh. 
James Brown and the Famous Flames, the name of the documentary on HBO is Mr. Dynamite, The Rise of James Brown. Now, the movie's good. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. Go watch the film. I think it's a good idea. I don't think it's in the theaters anymore, so look for it on you know pay-per-view and all of that. Right. But I think the documentary is better. Mr. Dynamite, The Rise of James Brown. Let's move up to 1965. Everything I tell you in this year is the 50th anniversary. Mm-hmm. January 3, CBS buys Fender guitars from Leo Fender for $13 million. Hmm. And they continue making solid body guitars and for a while beat the living crud out of Gibson. Really? Really did. January 9th, the Beatles 65 makes the largest jump in Billboard history. 98 to number one with the single I Feel Fine back with She's a Woman. That's the largest jump in Billboard music history. 98 to number one. January 9th, Mm -hmm. the Righteous Brothers release You've Lost That Love and Feeling. Ah. It's going to go on to become the most played song in radio history. However, and these are the wonderful stories. Uh The, The concept of, you know, when it came out, big flop. There was a television show called Jukebox Jury. Okay. You know, listen to these new songs. What do you, four intelligent people, know of this song? <laughs> four judges. All four of them gave it a miss. Really? I.e., this song stinks. Right. You can't do it. And finally, on March 13th, this will be the one we play, mm-hmm. Eric Clapton leaves the Yardbirds after their biggest hit. And we're mm-hmm. going to play it. He, Clapton, says, they're too commercial. So the moment they become popular, he was a hipster before being a hipster was hip. For your love, it's the Yardbirds here on Rock School. All right, coming into the first break, I should have mentioned this as well after talking about Clapton here. He is replaced by Jeff Beck. Okay. In fact, Clapton even suggests you should go get Jeff Beck. I'm going to go and leave now. You know, I, I do. It, 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 to me, it's odd. I mean, obviously, it worked out for him, right? But to me, it's odd. Once you have some success, you leave, right? Would seem to me, isn't that the point? Isn't that the concept? You never know you, what's going on, on the inside, though. I, I don't, I don't. But you write songs for people to enjoy them, mm-hmm. and if a lot of people enjoy them, now people leave, and that's not the first time that's happened, right? You know, success. Now I'm going to leave, so. You know, uh, let me tell you some other things that happened. 1965, April 5th, Atlantic signs Sonny and Cher. They started out as Caesar and Cleo. Huh. April 17th. Did you ever deal with eight tracks? My aunts had them. Had them? Uh-huh. Okay. Let me tell you where they came from. <laughs> RCA Victor and Learjet. Really? As in the plane. Right. right. Learjet announces their latest music technology, the 8-track tape. (laughs) It started out as a method of recording data for airplane information, like black box type stuff, but somebody figured out it was a good way to record music. If you're interested, ladies and gentlemen, we have a full show on it. Go to kslu.org, click on the Rock School chalkboard, and... Go to the the episodes. There's Mm -hmm. every podcast we've ever done. Do a search for 8-Track. We did an entire show just on 8-Tracks and where they came from. That's why those things are so sturdy, huh? Exactly. (laughs) This is also the 50th year anniversary of the song Yesterday. 
Uh. On June 14th, Paul McCartney recorded yesterday the most recorded song in history. Really? So, much more happened in 1965, and this year is the 50th anniversary of all these things. Got to take a one-minute break. We'll be back in just a minute to tell you more about this stuff so you'll sound really, really smart this year. Back in a minute on Rock School. Coming out of the break, 1965. Mm -hmm. This year is 2015. So, 1965, everything I'm telling you, this is the 50th anniversary of it. Right. July 25th, Dylan goes electric at the Newport Jazz Festival. He played Maggie's Farm and Like a Rolling Stone. And when he finished, there was both applause and booze. (laughs) Some of the folkies liked it, and some of them didn't. Some of them were offended. Mm -hmm. Later at a concert at the Royal Albert Hall, someone yelled, Judas! (laughs) You know, because he was supposed to stay a folk singer. Right. These guys have to evolve. It happens. Uh, The release of Highway 61 Revisited put an end to much of the controversy. Problem is, about a year later, he has a motorcycle accident that's going to sideline him for about 18 months. Breaks his leg. Oh, wow. Yep. What else do we have here? da 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 In July, the cassette comes out by Phillips. Now, they had an earlier version about two years earlier that didn't work out very well. The version that comes out this year, 1965, Mm -hmm. works very well. Albums begin coming out on cassette in 1966. Okay. There you go. Uh, On August 22nd, Elvis plays host to the Beatles at his Bel Air mansion. Colonel Tom Parker and Brian Epstein, the two managers, Uh play pool together in another room. John Lennon offends Elvis by saying, why did you leave rock and roll for stupid movies? (laughs) Thanks, John. Thank you, John. Thank you very much. And the one I want to play for you, May 7th, 1965. This is one of those stories where either it's pure horse manure, but it makes a fantastic story, or it's such a weird story mm-hmm. that it has to be true. Okay. May 7th, after a gig in Clearwater, Florida, Keith Richards has a little cassette next to his bed, mm-hmm. wakes up with this riff in his head. And he says, he gets up, turns on the little cassette and sings it into the cassette about four or five times, sets the cassette down, forgets to turn the cassette off, lays down. So he has on this cassette, which runs, you know, what, 30 minutes aside? Right. He has 30 seconds of him going, dun, 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 and then 30 minutes of him snoring. That's it. But it becomes the song satisfaction oh, yeah. there you are that's the story is it true oh no <laughs> why let the facts get in the way of a good story rolling stones on rock school all right spinning past the bottom of the hour here on this anniversary show for 2015 we're still in 1965 let me give you two more 
it says here on October 26th, the Beatles received their MBEs. You know what the MBE is? No. Member of the British Empire. It's something that's given to you by the Queen. Oh. Later on, John Lennon will send his back. Why does that not surprise me? Yeah, just Mr. Protester. <laughs> the Beatles also admit to smoking pot in the bathroom of Buckingham Palace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Furthermore, Colonel Frederick Ragg returned 12 medals from his regiment, stating the Queen had put him on the same level as a bunch of numbskulls. <laughs> you got to wonder if the people of his regiment... Uh-huh. We're okay with that. You know what I mean? Right. You know, Colonel, I appreciate it. You know, right. You want to send yours back? That's fine. Hey, fine. But, you know, I'm here. I want mine. <laughs> Some guy who's working. You know, you're yeah. a colonel. I'm, I'm working here. Come on. And the one we're going to play. September 9, in an ad that runs in the Hollywood Reporter, it reads, Madness. Folk and rock and roll musician singers for acting roles in a new TV series running part for four insane boys aged 17 to 21 want Ben Frank types. I have no idea who Ben Frank is. Have courage to work. Must come down for interview. Call HO62188. 473 people show up, Uh including Stephen Stills and Danny Hutton from Three Dog Night. No, Charles Manson did not show up. He was in jail. It becomes the Monkees. Oh. I.E. Davy Jones, Michael Nesmith, Mickey Dolenz, Peter Tork. It was just another Pleasant Valley Sunday. Thank you very much. Here we go. Rock School. That's Pleasant Valley Sunday Monkeys, and that wraps up 1965. Let's move up a decade. Okay, get closer to me. That's right. It is now. You're not alive. When did you? When did you become alive? 79. 79. Okay, yes. so you are, you're not even a twinkle in mom and dad's eye yet. <laughs> no. Not yet. You got a brother, sister? Are they around yet? Yes. Yes, okay. My sister had just arrived. Very good. Okay, so mom at least is dealing with a kid. So she's getting ready for you. You're what of how many? The second. Of t- second. Okay, well, very good. 1975. Everything I'm going to tell you is the 40th anniversary of that. Okay. February 4th. Louis Jordan dies of a heart attack. He held the record for most weeks atop the R&B chart. If you don't know who Louis Jordan is, please go listen to the song Saturday Night Fish Fry. Louis Jordan is a guy you need to know. He was, oh my gosh, he was Elvis Presley (laughs) and Jerry Lee Lewis and name 10 other big rock stars all balled into one. And you've never heard of him. No. A rock band looks like a rock band because of Louis Jordan. Hmm. He took a big band, knocked it down to 16, knocked it down to nine, uh-huh. knocked it down to six. Ah. It is Louis Jordan that introduced the look of a rock band. Huh. And Louis Jordan may have the first rock and roll song. It's called Saturday Night Fish Fry. Okay. And I urge you with every part of me, please go listen to it because you will hear... I hear it. Right. Louis Jordan did this. Look him up. Absolutely fantastic musician. 
March 4th, 1975, the world is introduced to Patti LaBelle through Lady Marmalade. You also oh, yeah. got to see Noelle Hendricks and Sarah Dash. They debuted the song on The Share Show because <laughs> she told Sonny Bono to go uh-huh. pound sand. March 24th, this is the one we'll play. Pete Ham becomes a member of the 27 Club as he is found hanged in his garage by his girlfriend just days short of his 28th birthday. Mm-hmm. Pete Ham was the lead singer of the group Badfinger. Mm-hmm. A note near his body reads, Stan Pauly is a soulless bastard. Stan Pauly was their manager. Uh-huh. Supposedly, they were in a legal battle over money, and Pete Ham saw no way out other than Aww. to take his own life. Sad. There you go. Here is Bad Finger, Baby Blue, and Rock School. All right, second break here on Rock School. Let me tell you some more things that happened. 75, 40th mm-hmm. anniversary. Bob Wills of the Texas Playboys died. He invented Western swing music. The fiddle that he had before he died was given mm-hmm. to Merle Haggard, who oh. played it on stage for the remainder of his career. Oh, that's neat. May 23rd, Pete Gabriel, Peter Gabriel, uh-huh. plays what would be his last gig with Genesis on the Lamb Lies Down on Broadway tour in France. The -hmm. separation and solo career will not be made public until August, but that would be the last one right there. On June 14th, Peter Frampton plays the Winterland Ballroom. So what? The concert would be recorded and Uh, become Frampton Comes Alive. I was waiting for it. Got to take a break. Back in a minute and we'll continue. See if we can't wrap up 1975. If we can't, we'll continue it next week. We'll be back in a week. In fact, back in a minute now. If we're back in a week, that would be a long break. Can you imagine all the commercials? Back in a minute here in Rock School. Let's continue with 1975, the 40-year anniversary of all of these items. Jackie Wilson. Okay. Jackie Wilson is singing, My heart is crying crying as soon as he finished that line Mm -hmm. he collapses he is on stage in cherry hill new jersey on the dick clark good time rock and roll review tour Uh he goes into a coma would linger for four months and then Uh finally pass and everybody's got to go right you know nobody gets out alive as they say Mm -hmm. he died on stage i know i know he didn't die i get it but, but straight still. into a coma. It mm. ended on stage. And for a person who is a musician and this is their existence, it's, as they say, there are good deaths and bad deaths. Right. That might be a good one. Jackie Wilson may have looked at that had he been able to look back. Right. Okay. If you got to go. That's the way. That's the way. Mm-hmm. October 1st, Al Jackson, drummer of the Stax House Band, Booker T and the MG, mm-hmm. is confronted by a home intruder mm-hmm. and shot to death. Really? I know. Isn't that horrible? Wow. August 1975. It is stated by John Landau in Rolling Stone. I saw Rock and Roll's future, and its name is Bruce 
Springsteen. <laughs> yep. Born to Run comes out. That's what it is. Oh, okay. Here, it, I didn't you, realize that came out in 75. It did. It came out in 75. Management problems kept his fourth album away for three years because Darkness on the Edge of Town, which followed Born to Run, doesn't uh-huh. come out until 78. Okay. But Greetings from Asbury Park comes out 73. The Wild, The Innocent, and The E Street Shuffle comes out 73. Mm-hmm. Born to Run comes out, and people just think, well, it's Bruce Springsteen. The first two albums were monster hits. It was Born to Run that goes, cop bluey, and out that puppy comes. So, here you go. It's Bruce Springsteen. So they say, Mm -hmm. or at least John Landau says, (laughs) the future of rock and roll. He's done well for himself. Uh Yeah, you see him now and again. 10th Avenue freeze out on Rock School. Last break here on Rock School. Remember, next week we'll be back. We'll finish up the year 2015 with, what would that be? 1985, which is the 30th anniversary. Mm -hmm. 1995, which is the 20th anniversary. And then 2005, 10-year anniversary. So, next show, you'll be on this earth. Yes. Yes, you'll be about 10 years old. No, about 7 years old. Mm -hmm. 7 years old. Fine. Here are the last things I have for you from 1975. This is the 40th anniversary of... Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh. Yay. When it first came out, it went to number nine. When it came out again, thanks to Wayne's World. That's what I was about to say. It went to number two. Ah. So Wayne's World took it a little bit higher. Absolutely the most ambitious single I have ever heard. Like, to this day, I still don't think anyone's tried anything that big. Maybe someone can show it to me. But the entire middle section was so ambitious, they can't even perform it live in concert. Really? Right. When the band performed it in concert, or still performs it in concert, because Queen is performing with different singers. Right. The band leaves the stage. The middle section plays on tape, or now I'm sure digitally. Uh-huh. And then the band returns when the guitar solo kicks in. <laughs> That's how ambitious the, song, the single was. December 6th. No one's going to bring this up, but I found this fact so stupid I had to bring it up. <laughs> A preacher in Tallahassee pronounces rock music to be sinful. He personally polled 1,000 unwed mothers. Where'd you find these girls? But anyway, polled 1,000 unwed mothers and found 984 of them had conceived their children to rock music. Come on. And uh, here we go. This will be the last thing. Have you seen all year that Saturday Night Live has been putting up Saturday Night Live 40 Saturday Night Live uh, 40. I have way too many in my DVR. Okay. <laughs> Their 40th anniversary is actually 1975. Okay. October is when the show comes on. Mm-hmm. October 11th. NBC launches with these two musical guests, Janice Ian and Billy Preston. Okay. Janice Ian performs at 17, which is a show that if you have anything going wrong in your life, this show will push you right over the edge at <laughs> 17 and in the winter. Billy Preston performs Fancy Lady and the one we're going to play, Nothing from Nothing. Are you going to play the live version? If you can find a copy of it, I'll be more than pleased to play it. I can find clips of him on Saturday Night Live playing Uh. it. I cannot find him playing the whole version, so I'll play the studio version of it. So We'll be back next week with the remaining three years, the decade years of 2015. So... See you in a week. I'm Joe Burns. Monique Gregoire. Class is dismissed.